These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cinema A to B. Such a tremendous film. 1986's Big Trouble in Little China. Written, directed, scored, etc., 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 by John Carpenter. Kick us off, Alec. <laughs> so, this movie took several watchings for me to appreciate it. I'm going to tell you the first time I watched it, I was like, this is terrible. Like, what <laughs> ah. the heck did I just watch? And I forget who first introduced me. I don't think it was you. I think like I watched it for the second or third time with you. Cause I knew you, mm. you were such, you loved it so much, but I remember when the first watch, I was like, this is absolutely garbage and never wanted to watch it again. And I will tell you that my opinion of the actual quality of the film hasn't changed much over the years, but I love it. So, um, and a lot of that just comes from the dialogue and some of the great quotable stuff and just how absolutely ridiculous this movie is. This is so much fun to watch. It's okay. So there, there are bad movies like that are just bad that I never want to watch again. And then there are like the cult bad movies like this one, that are just great. Like, like they're like, they're so bad in some ways that you're just like, I, I love it. And that's what this, 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 this is where it hits for me. So it's not a bad movie though. Oh, it's not a great movie. It's, either. No, well, I do, it, it, it's an enigma, right? It's an enigma. So, and you know, we've, we've talked about IMDb. You're going to mention it again. So this thing is sitting at a 7.2. Yeah. I, and, <laughs> but yeah, it's not, I don't know. It, this, this is the Enigma movie for me because for whatever reason, I've not put it in my top 10 favorite films, but it really probably should sit in there. It should. Cause I adore this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jack Burton is probably my second favorite movie character of all time. Mm. Second only behind, um, Spade. Yeah. Sam Spade. Right. Sam Spade. Yeah. From the Maltese Falcon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bogart. Yeah. That's my favorite movie character, but sitting in the two spots, old Jack Burton, the, uh, <laughs> the quintessential buffoon, like anti-hero. Yeah. Who just stumbles his way through the narrative until when it counts most, yeah. because as we both know, it's all in the reflexes. <laughs> the reflexes it is. Which, okay. I, I, I just had to say, okay. Maybe I, was too, maybe I was too harsh, but I love the fact that this movie is all about a hero who fails at doing the heroic <laughs> yes. thing in every moment, except for like one, like, you know, like this is a guy that basically gets himself knocked out at the big, you know, the, the, the big final fight, you know, like yeah. the guy who constantly kind of has to be saved, who's bumble, a bumbling idiot, but yet somehow still makes it through. And that's a kind you know, that, that's a refreshing take on your hero, like your anti-hero hero kind of a thing. And so that's a lot of fun. So there is a lot of great things in this movie, but there's a lot of really weird and odd and just strange stuff. That well, the whole on. is the whole aesthetic is just super bizarre. Yeah. But largely works. And what's funny is the special effects like sit in that, that cool time in the mid eighties where things have actually aged. Okay. Mm hmm. 
for like everything still feels pretty cohesive for the like the low end level of the the VFX. Like mm-hmm. they do. It, I don't know. I love the whole visual style of the movie. And as far as the acting, most of the acting is really fairly good. There's, there's like, <laughs> no, it is. No, it okay. is. It <laughs> is for what, for what it is for. All right. The whole thing is camp, right? Yeah. Like okay. The whole thing is camp. And yeah. so now after the first four or five actors, then it starts to like fall off real fast mm-hmm. as far as like who's in it and what they do and what they say. Like, Anybody past like Russell Cattrall, I even think that Dennis Dunn that plays plays Wang is like pretty good. James Hong does it up tremendously. Victor Wong is actually really good. But then like Margot, this Kate Burton that plays Margot is pretty bad. This Donald Lee that plays Eddie is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, but it is, you have to, that's why I'm saying this thing rides this weird line of like, camp but it seems to know what it is yeah like it doesn't seem to ever be trying too hard and you just kind of have to roll with it but yeah i know people that absolutely (laughs) hate this movie they're just like this is straight trash i don't think this is kurt russell's best performance but this is easily my favorite of of anything he's done um i don't know what i'd say his best was but he's really good in the thing as well another car i mean carpenter loves him obviously he plays snake in the escape series but which those movies are bad too so you're right it's a it's like a great bad movie i don't exactly how else else do we phrase this that's (laughs) what i'm trying to say it's a great bad movie but i think you nailed it like it doesn't try to be more than what it is it knows it's a camp movie it knows that it's not a it's very self-aware yes super self-aware yeah and it, it doesn't again, it does a lot, of, a lot of fun things and it, it plays with its characters or plays with the roles that it has, you know, like the sidekick being the, the super confident one and always, you know, kind of being the, the, the person who actually does most of the work. And, but the dialogue in this, oh my goodness, some of these lines, I just absolutely love to quote. I just, <laughs> yeah. and some of the scenes are just so bad but so good oh uh, i still i mean my fa- my favorite really in the film is when they walk into uh james hong's like like his business or whatever and stuff like that and they walk in saying they're from the phone company they have yeah. no like they're wearing the same clothes that they've been wearing the entire film and they just he just has a phone and he's just like i'm from the phone company and he's just like waving it around he's like ah oh, it's in here and then they just walk take in cracker jack timing <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's super smart. It's super smart dialogue. Yeah. But I just find, I find the character of, of Jack Burton. There's nothing else like him in all of cinema. There, there isn't it. The, the fast talking wisecracking. And, and he is he, largely, he's just all talk. Yeah. Until that one seminal one moment, moment, which is just, which is such a cool like build because you don't they completely take him out of the game as far as the story you don't you buy into the fact that he's just this idiot yeah and so you never expect him to take down the bad guy at all and so when it happens it's like oh okay that's that's cool mm-hmm. 
this is this is this probably needs a place in my top 10 as the <laughs> as like the great the greatest bad movie of all time yeah there's nothing that i nitpick with this movie even if performances are bad it doesn't matter because the whole thing is aware that it's of its own absurdity <laughs> oh and the movie totally inspired like mortal Kombat. oh yeah Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, the actually took what Raiden's thing from one of the storms. Um, yep. I forget which one, but yeah, like, it's either rain or lightning. Is yeah. is who became is Raiden. their nod? Yeah, the the designers nod to this movie. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of fun in this movie as well, and you know, even though I like I saw it a much like older age. I saw it, I think in my twenties first when I started, when I actually first watched it for, uh, for the first time. So I'm getting, I don't remember. I think you watched it when you were younger. Um, did you grow up watching this? I think so. Okay. Yes. I I don't know how, I don't know how. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know why that was it on cable. I mean, it must've been, but I don't remember. I don't remember my dad renting it or we never had a VHS of it. Like it must, it had to have been on cable. Yeah. And I caught it often enough. Yeah. I more or less grew up with it. So by the time I was in high school, college, I snagged a DVD copy really quick. Yeah. But yeah, it was on. It yeah. did, it, it built the cult following thing with home video, just like a bunch of these movies did. There's kind of two kinds of moviegoers. It's just like you can either appreciate the, the rid- ridiculousness of this stuff or you- for what it is, or your brain's just not wired that way and you need something basically you probably only watch nonfiction movies (laughs) and you're just have no time for something this absurd, but (laughs) it'll come out no more. What'll come out no (laughs) more? Damn it. (laughs) I was also like the, the line when the guy's talking, he's like, and it comes in a dream. And Kurt Russell's just like, what? <laughs> just like is he, he's like probably in a bathrobe at that point too. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. Um, that that part's super funny. Where like he he's like trying to be brought up to speed with with Chinese myth and legend and stuff, mm-hmm. and his and his head's just spinning. And you as the viewer are basically experiencing the same thing. It's just like wait, what? Yeah. And that, yeah, it just kind of says it. Yeah, there's not there's a little bit of exposition in this movie, but they they mask it really pretty well. Like there's not these long drawn out sequences explaining exactly who is who. They kind of pepper it in like who who David Lopan really is and how Mm -hmm. he, you know. And yeah, Hong is just masterful in the role. I I'm kind of amazed he even took it like knowing what it was, but he just completely owns it. And he, he's, and he effectively gets to play two characters. So it's, and he's super scary as the, like the villain as low pan. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, he's, he's actually probably Seven my favorite tall. performance. He's got yeah. light coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> First you see him, don't, then you don't. <laughs> I will say, I mean like, but he, he does bring a really great acting performance to this, you know, to kind of create that character, but then also have the dichotomy between the two of what it is. So, I mean, hats off to you or, you know, our great friend, James Hong, you're fantastic. And this is always in those movies, but I, I, I do have to say like the acting is bad, but it, oh, it's sorry. Again, it's campy over the top. 
in some ways it, it, it is really good. I would say for me, uh, Kim and Kurt, like I'm fine with, um, uh, Wang is, he's hit and he, miss. Yeah. He's very hit or miss sometimes. Um, but I then I think also the other characters, uh, Egg Shen is fine. Obviously Lo Pan, James Hong is fine. Um, but a lot of the others, I'm just like, oh, this is weird. Uh, but I will say, uh, with everything, the sets are a lot of fun. Like feel yes. like they, they do feel very, like, especially in a lot of places, they feel very closed in. Um, yeah. But I will say they are very visually stunning, stunning or not maybe stunning is not the right word, but interesting. Like especially some of that, the last battle stuff down in the caves seems really cool. It's super unique and it, it is, it's all set. It's all closed set stuff. There's very, there's a few shots. I think um, they shot looks like it looks like on location. It, it was either San Francisco or, or LA. I'm not going to pull it up at the moment, but the rest of it is just, interior sets and you can tell they didn't have a bunch of money but it, everything feels like lived in and kind of grungy mm-hmm. and dirty another movie that's got a really similar aesthetic as far as these cheap kind of lived in sets that work is the original teenage mutant ninja turtles movie mm-hmm. yeah. it's got this grimy kind of dirty sub subterranean feel and this is what that's- this movie has in spades mm-hmm. and it completely works um I do love that ending set though with the neon and yeah. it just, it's bizarre. But at that point you're the whole movie has been bizarre. So at, by the time you get to that, the wedding and the fight, <laughs> it's like, you're just along for the ride at this point. You're just like, Oh, uh, all right. Let me just yeah, I give, I give up. Okay, I'm just going to take <laughs> it how up. it is. Oh, it is like, but you had lines like, man, that, like that Margot, she's like trying to get her big break with the story. She's like, I just, mu- I must be incredibly naive. And they're like, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The, the witty nature of the dialogue just strikes that comedic chord for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not doubled over in laughter, but I'm laughing. Even, even after like the 50th viewing or whatever it is of this movie, I'm still going to laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, I told you, I just watched this again, just to kind of refresh me on, you know, all the different things. And I was enjoying it the entire time. Like I was laughing. I was enthralled by the story and I was along for the ride and just enjoying it. And so like, I've definitely come a long way from going, I don't ever want to watch this again, going, I'll watch it again. Cause this one's great. So I do really enjoy it. It's definitely one of those. It's so bad. It's good kind of scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. But not in the, not in the same way that something like the room yes. is so yeah. bad. It's good. It's, it's not that bad. No, it's just, it does. It's, it's occupying this weird space in film mm-hmm. where def- that camp. It is. Camp it's is, super it's, campy. It's, yeah. That, and that's what, that's what it's not trying to be anything else. So I think mm-hmm. you're right. So it's a great campy film. That's, that's what it is. It's not a bad film. It's a great campy film. Yeah, I, I can't describe it any other way. Neither can I. It's, it's also very hard not to just make quotes. <laughs> this movie, the entire oh, it's Quote time. City. Yeah, it's it it, and it's it's been that way from from day one. And I feel like a lot of the cult classics are kind of quote fests. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact: Egg Chen's garage was the Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, firehouse. is it? Okay. That makes so much sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense. 
So that's a cool crossover. Yeah. And the, and only those movies are only two years apart. apart. Yeah. So what, what, what's that? Six demon bag. <laughs> <laughs> what's in it? Like powers and mystical. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. They, the whole, yeah. The dialogue, they're just <laughs> them sit. One of my favorite scenes is them in the elevator. Yes. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, I'm feeling really good. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a really positive outlook on all this. <laughs> is it getting hot in here? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is so much. Just let's talk quotes of this, of this movie. Hey, this is, this is what this podcast has always been about. Yeah. Is just you and I having a conversation about a movie. Oh. And in this case, it's a movie we both really, really love. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's, I mean, I've probably seen it a half a dozen times with you, like just by itself. It's just so rare that I can find anybody that would even sit down and watch this with me outside of mm. like maybe you and my father. I think yeah. I got Gwen to sit down with me once out of the, out of the goodness of her heart. She <laughs> sat through it and just was like, what is this? Yeah. Cause she's very much in the vein of like prefers nonfiction mm -hmm. movies. This is way too clearly fiction. not nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, my buddy Jeremy also loves this movie. And so we've been able to kind of, kind of watch it uh, together. Laura's watched it once and I, she said she liked it. So, but I don't, she is not rushing to see it a second time or no. And, and I, I think this tilts towards being a kind of a guy's film. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's so funny because so much of it is like that is making fun of like fake machismo. Mm -hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's that self-aware because of the lead go on Reddit with this. It's just, it's just threads full of people <laughs> quoting back and forth for 40 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, everything's done at a really, for the budget they had, everything's done at a high technical level. Mm -hmm. Like as far as the cinematography, everything's, yeah. everything's good. Good to go. Um, I've got the, the latest iteration Blu-ray remaster looks fantastic. You can still, you can see the film grain because mm -hmm. it's kind of got a heavy, heavy grain to the, the 35 that they shot on. Looks fantastic. The sets still hold up like in high definition. Like I yeah. didn't, I wasn't watching the going, Oh, that looks cheap. I mean, the visual effects still with that eighties, like weird, you know, stop motion compositing stuff. But, um, I mean, I love, I love the whole, that, that all seeing thing that Lopan has oh, yeah. that floats around the hallways and <laughs> he shoots it. <laughs> they're, they're all just aghast <laughs> that he would shoot it. And he's like, you don't know until you try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the character, the character like does stuff that like I would do. Mm -hmm. Like if I like, got transported to the, to, into the world of the movie, like I would do that. Yeah. But what like, happens if you shoot that thing? Let's shoot it. Let's find out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I, I, I will say that eighties did have that, that composite work has held up a lot better than some of like the really early computer graphic stuff. Like I go back and look at that and go this, this, I mean, not that, not, not that the 80 stuff doesn't look fake, but it, the, some of the old CGI, like the older CGI looks far more fake now than what 
you know, this composite work does that they did. This is, this is a very similar aesthetic, uh, as far as the visual effects, this is right in line with really with the ghostbusters. Yeah. It looks, they, they feel really similar. Mm. The use of light, like lighting effects and smoke with some composite work and, and then, you know, model work and it, it has, it didn't have a budget anywhere close to what I think Ghostbusters, it doesn't have as many visual effects shots, but it aesthetically, it feels right in line with that movie, which is another one that's really aged fairly well. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that kind of dates those movies are those are like the matte paintings are kind of, they're beautiful, but you can tell that they're matte. You can just tell it's a painting now, but that's kind of the case with a lot of stuff from that era. Practical effects. I'll still say practical effects are, Still the way to go. I mean, obviously, we're in an age now where we can do things cheaper via computers. But I think having, you know, you can do practical effects augmented by computer-generated graphics, and I think they'll hold up a whole lot more. Yeah, there's no you computer know. going on in this thing. This is no. all this is all compositing, and it's film compositing. There's not even digital compositing. So they were no. they're layering film on top of itself and double exposures and yeah. the, all the old techniques. And it, it's got its own kind of organic feel. So aren't you, aren't you glad you don't have to edit like that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sadly, a lot of that stuff's lost. Yeah. They just, unless somebody wrote a book on how to do it, it's a lot of that's, there's still some old heads out there that know how to do that, but yeah, it's, gone but yeah this movie is is from that era where like you remember when the guy that gets one of the storms that gets real mad and he he explodes himself yes so Mm -hmm. this is that year where like you see it's cool but you like you see his hand inflate and then you see the foot inflate and then you see his head inflate and then it's just guts blowing out the side (laughs) of the hallway which is a really creative way to do it now if they did it you would see the whole guy yeah like inflate in one frame and explode because they they CG render it. This uses edits to like build that out, which I kind of appreciate now, like looking back the way you kind of had to, it's kind of a mark of an earlier movie to do mm-hmm. it that way where you, they give you bits and pieces because they just couldn't financially afford to build like a or full exploding. Yeah. yeah. There just wasn't a good way to do it. So that is kind of, that's definitely going to be another giveaway to the era, but it lives in its own world and it, it doesn't feel as dated as it should because the sets, like the fact that they're in this fictitious version of, of Chinatown in San Francisco, mm-hmm. like the underworld, nobody's got some sort of old cell phone that they're carrying around. Like, obviously he's got that. <laughs> that rotary <laughs> dial phone like you said he walks in phone company phone squirrels company. chewing on the wires again or <laughs> whatever he makes up i don't know i'd be interested to know like the writers like di- how much from chinese lore did they actually you know pull or is this just all completely made up so because i've not I've not delved. It's not that kind of movie where I've like dug real deep into like the inspirations for it, but I definitely know that it's become an inspiration for pop culture, video games, 
stylistically, just the way it looks like it spun off a bunch of stuff and it was a total failure when it came out. It did. Nobody, yeah. nobody saw it. Well, it came out like right around with aliens as well. Um, or something like that, like right afterwards or like during the, the aliens hype and just completely got overblown. Rolled. Yeah. Yeah. It just was rolled. Like, Goodbye. Yeah. James Cameron was like, see you later. It actually tested apparently really well. So like they were expecting this really big box office and yeah, did it bombed. I, if I recall, the marketing was kind of garbage. Well, how do you market it? Like what? Like that was the problem. That was the problem. <laughs> they didn't know how to market it. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, they marketed it a little too seriously. Like it mm. was like it was like I I think I saw the trailer not too long ago, and I, I believe it's just got a classic voiceover on it. It was like you oh. know Jack Burton's got himself in big trouble or something, you know. And it's but it's the trailer's kind of darker in tone, and it doesn't have any of the jokes. Hmm. So it's like, like it looks more serious than it ended up being. Like it just wasn't, Hmm. I don't know. They should have just pitched it as a comedy, which is basically what it is. So it's, it is a super, supernatural comedy. Yeah. Campy supernatural comedy. You got anything else? No, I just, I really enjoy this film as much as I think it's, it's <laughs> the first time I did not like it, but I can now can say I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. This is not everybody's cup of tea, but no. And it may take is. like, if you don't like it the first time, that's okay. Sometimes it takes two, three, six viewings. In 2023, to, I don't think you're going to get somebody to watch this more than once if they didn't no. like it the first time, which, yeah. yeah. And I will say it, it, Definitely has held up better and is not as cringy as some other older movies that I've gone back to and watched. So, which is good. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, that wraps us up for Big Trouble in Little China on Cinema A to B. Thanks everybody for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe and like, and uh, the bell. If, uh, if you liked our conversations on here, we're going to drop these every Monday and then uh, audio only appreciate you for tuning in. And got plenty more of these coming out weekly mm. and a lot of them already ready to go. Sort of, yep. kind of, sort of, yeah, you know, but we hope you watch uh, more movies, even though we're uh, in the period of uh, strike, there's still plenty of stuff out there to watch. Although I am, I am bummed on the Dune part two delay, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. So Go back, back catalogs, rewatch stuff from, from your childhood. Oh, there's plenty. There's more movies than you possibly watch in a lifetime. So. Yeah. Thanks, everybody.